Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, one and all. Welcome back to another episode of uh, the FPL RTG podcast. Uh, I'm joined this evening uh, by uh, my resident assistant manager, the uh, the Morecambe to my wise, Mr. Charlie Marsh. Uh, welcome in, Charlie. How are we doing? I'll take that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, no, we're good. What about you? Yeah, man, I'm good. I'm good. It's been, uh, it's been a good week. It's been an interesting week in everything that's uh, gone on in the world of football. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll uh, we'll get an opportunity to dissect some of that over the course of the next hour, uh, with a little help from our uh, our friend Mister Hills. Welcome in, buddy. Evening. How are we doing? Evening, evening. I'm doing very well, thank you, mate. I'm doing very, very well. Um, of course, you've been on before, Hills, but unfortunately, we did have a bit of an issue with uh, with your episode. It, w- it was the evening where uh, where Liverpool put in a pretty poor performance uh, at Villa, if my memory serves me correctly, and uh, we had to record about seven different sections as one of our beloved uh, beloved subscribers on Twitch continued to remind me of Liverpool's misfortune on that evening and I had to uh, keep pausing and unpausing and re-recording and by the end of it I had so many different sections of podcast to put together that it wouldn't uh, it didn't the system didn't want me to put them together for whatever reason um, I can't imagine why uh, convenient convenient isn't it yeah <laughs> just a little for sure yeah so um we're back anyway. He, he's back. Hills is back on. Uh, it was too good last time not for us to be able to get a, a podcast live with him on. So welcome back. Good to have you with us, mate. Good to have you with us. Uh, what, uh, good to be back. Yeah, remind us quickly before we get into the thick of it where we can find you both outside of uh, the podcast. Charlie, if you would mind. Uh, yeah, so I'm CHMarsh26 on Twitter. Um, go by the same on Twitch and the most Twitch apps. Cool. And Hills. And for me, probably best on Twitter, and it's at the Hills Donator. Perfect, perfect. Right, let's get stuck in. So we'll, we'll kick off with some uh, some IRL real life fancy uh, real life football talk uh, to kick us off. We're just going to go over this week's games, boys. In this, to be honest, unless either you've got any burning topics you want to uh, you want to bring to the table, feel free to do so after we've done this. Um, we're just going to go through the fixtures from this week, really. So Wolves, uh, Charlie. Starting to look like uh, starting to look like the real animal. Excuse the pun. Uh, with a two 0 win on Friday evening against uh, a depleted Eagles side. Yeah, I, I was I was just looking before the pod actually because I, I always think of Crystal Palace as being this kind of quite rigid, good defensive team, but they've actually conceded the second most uh, goal attempts inside the box, which obviously is never good. Um, and yeah, like you say, Wolves just seem to be clicking a little bit better. Podence particularly, which I was quite pleased with, um, both having him in my FPL team, but also I just think he's quite a lively player and, and good to watch on the ball. Um, and then you've got to give a shout out for eight, eight Nori, I think his name is, um, the, the left back that was playing. Uh, he, he looks really decent, obviously grabbed a goal. Um, he's got a bit of a special place in my heart from a football manager save I did with Leon, where I, I brought him in and he killed it. Um but yeah, I, I thought it, all in all they uh, they looked pretty good, and yeah, like sort of going back to uh, how they should be playing. Um, I'd like to see a bit more from him, as if if possible, really. Um, being their main because, goal, yeah, he seems to have picked up a few goals recently. Um, what what more do you want to see from him? Just more goals, or yeah, I, I guess it's it's maybe asking too much because he is the kind of striker that you you see sort of reliably grab a goal every now and then, but not more than a goal a game normally um yeah. like he, he doesn't tend to score two or, or three he only really ever scores one yeah which i guess isn't a problem as long as as long as they're match winning goals um 
But yeah, I, th- I think because they have that very set system and it's it's very specific, they need to make sure everyone in that in those positions is uh, firing. And it seems, at least in this game, they, they were back to kind of the walls of a few seasons, last yeah, two seasons. Fair enough. Hills, what do you make of Palace this season so far? Uh, I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't look great. I mean, they they tried their best, didn't they? I mean, they've picked up a result here and there. They tried their best in that second half, but it just really wasn't enough for them. Um, they've I was looking at they've lost thirteen games so far in twenty twenty, and considering we've been in lockdown and there was that long break, it that that I mean that isn't great, is it? That that's not form that you want to see from a team that are regularly mid-table side just isn't good really no, I think I think you're spot on there regularly mid-table they're currently sort of sat almost at the bottom of that best of the rest bunch if you look mm-hmm. at I mean you probably look at this they're probably looking at the Premier League table now and saying that there are a couple of teams at the top there who are you know outperforming themselves if you will and then the, when you get rid of the anomalies like Manchester United down there in 15th um, and, you, and you look imagine they're probably going to be they're just the top half of the table in the second half of the season you'd imagine um, but ultimately, when you look at that that group, Palace are probably never going down because, but in this year in particular. But in my opinion, probably because there's just there are some teams that are generally worse than Palace, not because Palace are doing enough to necessarily stay up. Um, I would say that's probably my my opinion on Palace this year. Um, the next one uh, was the first the first kickoff on Saturday, and uh, Charlie, I don't know if you caught much of the Sheffield United Man City game, but it looked like City found Sheffield United particularly difficult to break down. Uh, they did manage to get in there with a, with a one 0 win goal from Kyle Walker. Um, City sort of they're almost a little bit stuck in the mud at the moment. It feels like that they can't get the ball they, they can't get the ball moving that quick. They just feel like they're a little bit I don't know. There's just something missing from that City engine room at the moment. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of the, the opinion I've had to them, especially the last few games. I, I know De Bruyne was out for one, possibly two games. So that when you take a player like that out, that does slow everything down. And and they just yeah need that little bit of purpose. Maybe you could point to David Silva leaving as well, because obviously he would have been that player for them that kind of takes a bit of the weight off KDB um, for a lot of their creation. I think, yeah, we, we saw Sheffield United last season, at least, putting really good, strong defensive performances in and being really well um well, well, sort of drilled. So I think it's it's not unusual for for them to struggle. But given it's Man City, you would you would at least hope they'll be sort of firing on all cylinders and then getting a, f- a few more shots in at least. Um, but what I was kind of surprised, or am being surprised by, is that defensive partnership with um, Diaz and Laporte. I think they're actually looking start starting to look much stronger. It's always been one of my sort of um, annoyances with Man City but essentially they just keep clean sheets by having loads of possession so when the other team doesn't have many shots then then they're never going to score that many but actually now they are starting to look a lot better with, with those two in the middle they've they've struggled for that defender to sort of partner Laporte and um, Vincent Company leaving obviously was a, was a huge blow um, but I think going forward that that looks to be a really good way and, and Cancelo as well because he, he put in a really good performance at left back he making so many tackles it was like six seven eight tackles i think during the game and he was just looking everywhere on the pitch so um yeah unusually i'm, I'm was more impressed by their defense than their attack for man city standards yeah okay good uh, good analysis there mate uh, what about hills what have you made of sheffield united so far this season i mean they've got one point you know they're they're off the back of two losses they 
I mean, they've they've scored three goals in seven games. That's it's not signs of a side that are going to stay in the Premier League. You know, considering some of the seasons that they've had recently, they just didn't create anything. Regardless of who you're playing and, and how strong Man City are at the back, just didn't feel like they created enough to to have those chances to even get an equaliser. Yeah, I think you're spot on. I think. Um... Sheffield United came to Anfield last week as well. When you look at um, the performance they put in there, it was very much 11 men behind the ball, get the penalty given for a foul outside the box with VAR, and it's, it's um, you know, they get their goal that way. It feels like Sheffield United need a bit of a break to be able to try and just get a couple of results coming from somewhere. Um, at the moment, they're in 18th in the table, one point from seven games, um, and you know the next team will, will move on to Burnley now, um, who suffered at the hands of Chelsea yesterday. Um, propping up the table, uh, Charlie Burnley looking uh, a little bit in a bit of a grim position, wouldn't you say? Yeah, for sure. I think it's very similar to Sheffield United. They um, just aren't really have. They haven't got enough going forward to to um, sort of uh, make up for the fact that although they're not actually doing it, but the the idea for Burnley would be that they're being very defensive and sit back and then hit the, hit you on the counter. But they because they're not doing that either. It kind of um, lights up the fact that they have been so poor going forward. They had no shots on target against Chelsea, which is just terrible to even against the team. Home in the Premier League, yes. Exactly. You, yeah. you can't can't do that if you if you want to at least stay up. Um and I also had a look at the um average positions. You can get you can kind of find these sorts of um things online quite easily. But the average average positions for the Burnley players during that game, particularly the midfield and strikers, they were just on top of each other, which just screams that they're all kind of hunched up together trying to trying to defend and, and no one really there's no out ball there's no no way that they can attack and if you're not going to do that particularly with the bad defensive record they've had this season that then they've, they've not really got any chance I think um I've, I've, I've really been impressed with Chelsea since those I think they've had now four clean sheets in the last four games in all competitions and that's particularly coincided with Thiago Silva and, and Mendy and goal as well and and they look like real good yeah. additions and it's exactly what they needed they spent so much of the summer buying bringing in these attacking players and then it's these last two that they brought in that have really seemed to have been a bit of a game changer for them yeah uh hills i mean it, it touched on the question i was about to ask you but chelsea have made a number of signings this summer have you managed to put your finger on one that you think was perhaps the biggest uh the biggest you know turning point for chelsea because they didn't exactly go flying out the blocks and i remember last week or the week before um i think it was the week we had uh simkin on uh, which is probably the week before because we had Pritchard last week, was, was um, we, we were looking at managers that were under pressure um, and uh, I know we were both we were all very keen to point out that Chelsea were playing United, Lampard was playing Solskjaer, whoever lost that game was in big trouble. No one lost the game um, and Lampard seems to have all of a sudden with this result earned itself a little bit of street credit, if you were. But, you know, of all the signings Chelsea have, have bought in, which one do you think has probably been the most influential for them? I mean, Charlie mentioned him. It's it's silver, really. The, the, they needed somebody at the back who was going to give them a bit of confidence. You know, that Kepa in goal was never going to give them that. Bringing Mendy in has, has certainly done that as well. They've looked stronger at the back, and and I think that gives their strikers and their, their attacking players who are immensely talented mm. the opportunity to go forward with a bit of confidence. And that's exactly what they needed, and that's why they're starting to look better in games and, and look stronger. I mean, four clean sheets kind of says it all, really. 
Charlie, do you think there's an element with Thiago Silva of it's almost like that Van Dyke effect where you get that one colossal defender at the back who just organises everything and breathes confidence to the rest of the defence? Yeah, I, I do. I, I think he even he had a, a few. I think I seem to remember against the West Brom game. It, mm-hmm. In the West Brom game, he had um, a bit of an error that led to the goal. Yeah. So even he had to sort of settle in at least. But yeah, definitely, it, it's that that confidence that just spills over to all the other players. Particularly in this game, I noticed that Chilwell get um, pushed forward a lot and and ended up almost at the back post of quite a few crosses. Which again, like we said, with Van Dijk and, and Trent and Robertson, it, having that solid defender that you can rely upon, and, and Mendy and Goal just allows a little bit more confidence going forward, knowing that you've got that person back there. I think there was actually I'd recommend everyone to go watch it on I think it's Sky Sports uh, YouTube channel, football YouTube channel. Rio Ferdinand did a um, interview with both Robertson and Trent. Um, you're loving this because I've turned this into a Liverpool question instead. Um, but uh, it, was re- it was really a really good insight into into them as as fullbacks, and they even t- mentioned that about how how reliant they are upon knowing that there's someone behind them to to, to defend that allows them that confidence to go forward. And I think it's the exact same with here with Thiago Silva and and the fullbacks there as well. Yeah. Okay. Fine. I'll sort of hybrid into the next game to discuss Liverpool West Ham. Um, West Ham taking uh, a relatively early lead. Took Liverpool uh, a while to get a foothold back in the game. They did eventually get an equaliser. There uh, just seems to be controversy in every Liverpool game at the moment um, with uh, with Salah earning uh, what some saying to be a dubious penalty um, and then obviously a goal being disallowed from a, a foul allegedly on, on Fabianski from Mane and then uh, Jota ending up clutch again um, with uh, with a goal. Um, Hills, what have you, uh, you know, what, what do you think of, what do you think of Jota first of all? First, let's go. Let's go step by step. With, with Jota, um, came in from Wolves, um, big price tag, uh, but seems to have settled in pretty well at Liverpool. I mean, he's the guy that's that's can come on at the end of a game and, and and make a difference. I mean, you spend that kind of money, you'd want somebody who's starting a game and able to do that for ninety minutes, but. When you've got players like Mane and Salah, that's just not going to happen. And for a while, he's going to have to settle to, to be that guy. But if you're cons- consistently knocking on the door and ha- getting those chances and those opportunities, then at what point does Klopp say he needs to start a game? He, he's going to go out there and, and score goals regularly. Yeah. You can't complain with his record so far. No. He, he'll get that chance eventually. I, was, I mean, you've perfectly brought into the next sort of sub-question. I'm a massive fan of Roberto Firmino. He's, he's my favourite player at the club. Um, I think the things he does for the system are great, uh, but ultimately there's no denying he hasn't been in great goal-scoring form for a little while now. Um, do you think there's a chance that you know Liverpool should should maybe be looking to give Jota a start over Firmino? I think Firmino, he does a job for Liverpool that Every team has somebody that does something that brings that team together. He doesn't score a huge amount of goals, but what he does do gives the opportunity for players like Mane and Salah to get four. And I just, I just don't think Firmino's given enough credit to say that the things that he does do, and Jota's going to have to do some work to, 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 to take him out of the team, but he's certainly going the right way about it. Um, Charlie, let's come to you then. Uh, Salah's uh, incident yesterday, straight up, penalty or no penalty? Uh, I'm going to go just about penalty. Just about penalty. 
Hills, what do you think? Penalty or no penalty? Uh, I could discuss this all day, but I think just about a penalty. Just... I, I think um, if you're literally taking, from my point of view, and I'm, I'm trying not to see this through red tinted glasses, it is hard though. Um, I think it's quite clear that a foul has taken place inside the box. Um, and by the letter of the law, that's probably a penalty. I'm not a fan of what Salah does in order to, mm. you know, emphasise the contact to the extent where he's just basically trying to get the situation recognised for the fact he's been fouled in the box, which I don't think is really up for debate. But I'm not a fan of what Salah does in order to be able to to get the contact. You know, he's been kicked in the back of the leg and he's gone down as if, uh, you know, it's almost like the incident with uh, Maguire and Azpilicueta at, at, at Chelsea. That was a similar kind of fall to what, what Salah came out with. Um, I think personally, there's probably a bigger concern here in that, you know, that Salah felt the need that he needed to do that in order to recognise or get shown that a foul has happened in the box. I think it's it's verging on diving. I don't think it's complete diving. There's definitely contact um, and it probably is a foul in the area. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, referee gave it as a penalty. You see those decisions not given each week and you see some of them given and it's that inconsistency in the officiating which uh, can lead to ultimately why we're asking if fouls in the area are penalties or not. Um, I, I think that's uh, my view on the situation. I don't know if either of you got anything more to add to that. Um, I'm I'm actually a qualified football referee, um, much to my sins. And I know, um, I've certainly got relatives who have been uh, officials in the Premier League. Um, wow. So I can kind of speak from some experience in that yeah. When a when a law's brought in, there is a regular sort of meeting amongst referees and, and those that create the laws. And you, as a referee, you've got to be able to differentiate between the two. But the law's been sent such a way that there is no subjectivity to it anymore. And that's what rules are brought in to do, to remove any sort of opportunity for someone to say well in my opinion it was this and my opinion is that we've seen it with handball we've seen it with fouls within the area and it's just the way football's going and we can talk about VAR till the cows come home but we're still gonna be you know it's what football is all about it's what we all, all love about football it's that chat in the pub at the end of it I just think we're, we're gonna forever have these discussions and they're gonna be in every game but that's ultimately where the rules are going um to remove any sort of subjectivity from referee or linesman's decisions. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think I think you're right. Um, we'll, we'll move away from Liverpool now. Now that they've, uh, <laughs> you know, they got the, they did get a win. They're top of the league now by three points after today's uh, interesting result at St James's Park. Um, just touching on West Ham quickly, Charlie. Any thoughts on West Ham? Uh, for me, overall, I think they've actually not done too badly considering uh, early on in the season it looked like they were in in the mud. Um, they seem to be able to string a performance together. Yeah, exactly. And and they were missing Antonio, which is obviously a huge loss for them in this game. Um, I, I to be fair, I, I did just check, check the table because they they are fourteenth at the moment. I did expect them to be a little bit higher, but just based on how good they've been recently. But as you say, the, the first couple of games they they didn't do very well. And um, but I think yeah, they'll they'll be fine. There's plenty of teams worse than them in the league. And and 
I think Antonio is meant to be back this this week coming, and, and they've got a, a better run now. They they had a really bad run of fixtures recently, so they've now got the better side of that coming up. So I, yeah, they'll they'll be fine, probably mid table, um, and no no issues really. Cool. And then what turned out to be the game of the weekend? Absolute belter <laughs> at Villa Park. Um, today's first game, Southampton four 0 up. Villa coming back to almost claim uh, a huge comeback. They probably left it a little bit too late. Um, Charlie, I guess we'll uh, hand the initial debrief of this one over to you. Um, what a game. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a weird one. I think it kind of just reeks of Southampton being complacent, going, going was it 4-0 up, weren't they? And then all, all of Austin Villa's goals start coming in. Uh, obviously, the, the the three goals, that um, so two from Walprouse and one from, from Ings were kind of world easy, all of them. Um, which actually left the XG stats quite fun to look at. So Aston Villa won that two to 0.72 for Southampton because of how crazy the free kicks and, and Ings' yeah. goal were. Um, and uh, yeah, I think ultimately any other day that they've they've basically just finished that game. But because they're so far up, they just kind of were, were slack. I, I do have to say, obviously Grealish got what was it, goal and two assists in fantasy uh, at yes, least I think that's right yeah and he um, as yet anyway we've still got more games to play but as yet has had the most shots this weekend of any player and that's kind of been a theme so far throughout the season so uh, uh, he's really sparked something and, and kind of what Zaha's not doing at the moment for, for Palace he's, he's doing it for Aston Villa he's been that sort of talisman player they need him to, to be doing something they've brought in some quality around him to to have runners off him and, and allow him a bit more space to to do what he does and it seems to be working perfectly they, they were obviously going to have no no issues they're they're i think either sixth or seventh at the moment so that they're, they've done really well and, and um i don't think they'll be too disappointed coming i guess off the back that they came back but I don't know because conceding four is obviously not not great particularly yeah. how well Martinez has been performing how the defense in general has been performing um, but yeah, again, their fixtures are pretty good for a while, so I think they'll be um, they'll be happy and positive going forward. Okay, cool. Um, the next debrief can go over to you then, Hills. Uh, the mighty Everton toppled uh, <laughs> toppled up north. The Tyneside disaster uh, before Ancelotti and the Toffees. Uh, they went down two one at St James's Park today. I don't know if you caught any of the game, but uh, what do you? Uh, where do you start with this one? I mean, I'll be honest, I nearly turned the game off at half-time because it was uh, so dull. Um, and then it kind of sprung to life a little bit, didn't it? And, I mean, what what a great striker Callum Wilson is, you know. Mm. I, I'd, yeah. I'd take him at my club, put it that way. Um, he's exactly what Newcastle needed this season. And they see themselves sat in 11th, you know, for a club like them at the moment in the turmoil that they've got in their ownership and things like that, you can't really complain. Yeah. Um, and then you look at Everton and you think, oh, you've missed a massive opportunity. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's you, you compare that to, and again, I don't want to compare the two teams, but they're both sitting in first and second. Champions can grind out results when they're not playing so well. It's yeah. just not what Everton could do today, like Liverpool did, um, to get their result. And, they're going to have to if they want to finish in the top six because I'm not confident they can finish anywhere near the top four. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough one with Everton. 
I think Charlie, we're, we're we were in agreement last week, and there's probably further evidence today that Everton have got a class starting eleven now. When, when you mm. when you look part beyond that, and you look to the bench for players to uh, players to come on when you're you know two 0 down away from home and you need something to happen, they're a little bit depleted outside of that starting eleven. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. It was it's just it shows the difference because. In the Liverpool game, it was Shakiri creating the, the the assist for Jota going on to score. So that's both of your two players off the bench yeah. that have come on and, and won you the game. Um, and with Everton, they've got yeah. Just once you take those key men out, which applies to most teams, but it's about the the, the squad depth you've got. And it's yeah, at the moment, it's just not strong enough for them to be able to maintain any anything close to what they probably would have started being to to um, expect with the start to their season. But um, yeah. Oh yeah, again, I'm I'm sure they'll push. I'm guessing we'll stick around Europa and, and should end up with Europa. I think as long as yeah. those those key players stay fit. But yeah, it seems top four is a bit out of their reach because of that depth. And and particularly once we get to sort of Christmas and all the, the weather fixtures come thick and fast. I, yeah, they'll just um, that's bench if they want to sort of push any higher than where they will. Um, we'll give this one to you then as well, Charlie. Uh, your boys with a big three points, Old Trafford. Yeah, indeed. Um, it, it wasn't the greatest of games, probably. And and a key stat to uh, kind of point point that out was the person that had the most shots in the game was Harry Maguire um, with four. And the rest, no, I think the next closest was a Bamian with two. So that kind of gives you a bit of a flavour of what the game was like. We we we, we were definitely on top, especially the first half. We were all over them, um, kind of controlling the game and, and pressing them. Uh, the second half, they did, did come back a bit. Um, but again, just didn't really create anything and, and didn't really test Leno at all. And particularly given how we've been, been sort of exposed quite a few times with defensive errors and stuff, they just really didn't test us enough particularly when you, when you think of the players they've got going forward people like Rashford and Greenwood and stuff with with their pace that could easily have the, the number of penalties that that they've won they could easily have done that against us and I have to say it's quite satisfying beating Man United with a penalty it's quite quite fun to fun to see um but I, th- I think again it just kind of reiterates that I what we've been saying for quite a while that we that Solskjaer just isn't up to this level, I don't think. I, I, they set up in a in a diamond shape, the same they did midweek against Leipzig, which obviously works really well for them. But it kind of reeks of him, Solskjaer going, okay, well, that worked midweek. Let's just do it again. Whereas that's the completely wrong formation to play against us, playing in a 3-4-3. We've got our wing backs. We've got the two wide men. So we were doubling up on them really wide when they're playing a really narrow formation. So that just gave us so much space and, and time to be able to do what we want. And that just kind of makes me think Solskjaer was going into that really naive, just going, okay, we've we found something that worked in this one game. Let's just do it again. Whereas he's had no real thought about what the opposition is going to be doing. And, and I think that kind of just showed in, in, in the way that we kind of outperformed them at Old Trafford, which doesn't happen often. We, have, we haven't beaten there, I think, since 2014. Um, so to get that win was, was, was quite satisfying. And... Um, yeah, I, I wish I did have a feeling it was going to go something similar to last week, where first half started well, just didn't make use of the chances that we had. But um, yeah, I think because Man United just didn't have enough threat going going the other way, it kind of sealed the deal for us, really. Cool. Right, uh, and then the final game is currently going on at the moment, and breaking news from the uh, the London Stadium is that Brighton have just levelled against Spurs with a goal on, from Brighton. the defender coming off of my FPL bench, 
Mr. Lamptey has uh, got a goal for Brighton. And it's going to be some points coming Sambo's way. I think she'd love to see uh, the, uh, the no. Mitchell non-start there. The Mitchell non-start coming up clutch. Lamptey coming off the bench to, uh, to get some points there, I think. So um, unless VAR's got something to say, I think, uh, I think Brighton have just levelled against Spurs in the remaining game of the day. Um, we'll move on uh, to FPL, boys. Nice little, uh, nice, we, find, we find a hybrid in there some, some way, don't we? Um, and uh, it's been an interesting, uh, interesting week this week in the FPL. Uh, the Sambo Premier League rolls on into game week seven. Um, so far this week, uh, with that Lamptey goal, we are boasting 50 points, uh, 50 points on the, on the game week, which isn't too bad considering the average points going into the start of recording is uh, 19. That's pretty good. The highest points being 50. Still got a transfer in the bank and we remain in the top 1 million in the world, which is not too bad either. Um, and overall, uh, a relatively pleasing week for me. I, I did uh, opt to uh, drop Sterling. Sterling was going to be a placeholder for me to bring in Kevin De Bruyne, but then I, I figured with uh, the Van Dijk injury that Liverpool might need to adopt a will-score-more-than-you strategy. And as a result, I opted for Sadio Mane to accompany Mo Salah in midfield. And uh, Mane, unfortunately, uh, managed to or failed to produce more than a, more than a minute's return. Um, but Salah scored eight points for me. Ollie Watkins was in there with a late penalty for Villa today to bring up a clutch six points. Timo Werner almost didn't start as well for Chelsea. He was uh, put into the starting eleven after Pulisic was injured in the warm-up. Um, he scored, so there's seven points there. Clean sheets from Chilwell and Kilman, uh, the Wolves, uh, Wolves defender playing in midfield, which is always a, a favourable one as far as I'm concerned. And then uh, McCarthy looked like he was on for a haul of points, but uh, unfortunately he then conceded three, so uh, there's uh, there's no uh, nothing, nothing going on there anymore for him. And the rest of them are just ones and twos, really. Um, but Lamptey coming off the bench there with seven points is a uh, a big big W for me. Uh, Charlie, how did you get on this week? Uh, just kind of average again at the moment. Um, it's a bit frustrating because, yeah, just nothing to get excited about, really. Um, as yet, I've, I've got some captain, so as yet, he's not scored or done anything. So I just can't seem to get that captain choice right, which is a bit annoying. So I think I'm probably going to have to adopt a strategy of just captaining Salah forever. <laughs> um, I There's definitely worse strategy. With... There's definitely worse strategy. Yeah. It's true. Um, I did. I do have Ings, so he should get some um, some bonus as well, which might just about push me over to fifty. Um, okay. Calvert Lewin as well. Nice, nice little late goal as well, getting some points. Uh, Podence, like I said earlier, um, grabbing a goal, which was pretty nice. And like you, Chilwell on the bench. Um, sorry, Chilwell clean sheet. Um, fun little stat for Martinez. Since I brought him in, no clean sheets before I brought him in. Three. So <laughs> managerial mouse there coming At to the forefront. Three. <laughs> um, <laughs> what about you, Hills? How have you got on this week? Um, so I'm currently sat on 43 points. Okay, nice. um, I bought um, Doherty, which that Lamptey goal hasn't done me any favours with. Um, and I bought Zaha in, which was a silly decision because it was between Zaha and Grealish. So it's not exactly gone well there. But I've got Wilson, I've got Kane, I've got Calvert-Lewin. Chilwell keeping a clean sheet, Semedo as well. Yeah. So my points really have come from a couple of defenders and my strikers and ones, twos and threes and a nice zero in goal as well. Lovely. Lovely. 
Um, Charlie, your stats of the week, uh, pretty pretty uh, quiet this week. Not a lot of activity with um, top ten cap- to the captains for the top ten. Four people captaining Kane, three captaining Son, and three captaining Salah. So favoured with the big guns this week. Um, in line with uh, worldwide managers, who you've confirmed Kane was the most captain player on the game. Uh, shout out to Doody, who has Ward Prowse on his bench in last position. So uh, some more managerial mouse there coming to the uh, coming to the forefront. We like to recognise the brains that might have switched off for a little while uh, in the uh, in the podcast. That's for sure. Um, still at the top of the Sambo Premier League is uh, Mr. Guy Metcalf. He remains top. He looks like he's going to pick up 48 points this week. Uh, and then in second place is uh, is a certain Mr. Hills. Um, you, uh, you've got some some revival, mate. To be fair, from the um, from the last time you were on it, I think you were a few places down then. Um, yeah, up, up there in P2. I think I was. Yeah, I think I was seventh or eighth last time I was on. So yeah, it's. Um about consistency i think i've not tried to make too many changes i've tried to jump on those bandwagons when i can which is i think mistakes i've made before so yeah must must have been the uh, excellent advice you received when you're on the pod last time um something like that <laughs> must have been like that, yeah. yeah and then um yeah. who we're hoping to have on next week uh wilbur uh wilbur games will uh, hopefully be on the pod next week he is currently in p3 so we're definitely getting the elite ones uh the elite real ones on the pod here, guys. Uh, nothing but eliteness um, outside of uh, outside of Mr. Marsh in terms of FPL league positions. No, all right. Wilbur <laughs> <laughs> um, has forty five points this week with a with a player to play. Um, Nikolai Barber, who made the interesting decision to captain Trent Alexander Arnold last week, um, has come back with forty one points this week, and then uh, Sambo remains in fifth but would jump Nikolai Barber if results stay as they are today so Sambo would be up to fourth in his own Premier League which is still uh, I'm still pretty pleased with that we're closing in on uh, on Will and Rob and then um, Guy is uh, is now starting to open up a little bit of a gap the flipper boys are flipping and flapping at the top of the table um, rounding out the top ten Cameron Henderson Blake Kennedy Josh Chin Matt Boyd all uh all moving up places. And then uh, Killian Fennell, who was our week one leader, is now uh, teetering on the edge of eviction from the top ten. Um, Pritchard, last week's guest, has moved up to uh, 13th in the league. Uh, some other some other well-known uh, names down there. Charlie Marsh just clinging on to the top 20. Um, that's uh, needs some improvement there. Jack Warren with the PK Blinders in uh, 21st. And uh, let's have a look at the bottom of the league, where Cameron Aris continues to prop up the league. If that changes between uh, now and the end of the season, something has gone very wrong for someone, uh, because Cameron, I don't think, has uh, amended his team since game week one. Um, He has triple-captained Harry Kane, so maybe he is playing the game now. That's interesting. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure he was the one that did about 58 transfers or something. Do you reckon he was? Do you think he was I'm, sure, I'm sure it was. Interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll confirm and carry on, and I'll confirm. Well, he has he has Cantabella <laughs> in on the bench for nine points, which is a shame for him. Um, but he's actually not. He's actually had a very good game week. He's had fifty-eight points this game week with uh, Bamford and Justin still to play. So, what do I know? Um, maybe uh, maybe he's about to stage. Maybe he's just been trolling us for the first six weeks, and he's about to. Uh, 
he's about to come across the you know as as the biggest wizard in uh, in fantasy Premier League. Um, so um, go on. Yeah, sorry. just just going through his uh, so first three game weeks, no transfers. This is for Cameron. Uh, game week four, 32 transfers for a 124 point hit. No. <laughs> game game week f- and and kind of you might think okay maybe there's a wild card gone wrong. He he's forgotten to hit the wild card button. 32 transfers. So, so yeah, so you might you might think like okay that he's he's probably just forgotten to hit the wild card. Had a had a mare. Game week five, following game week, he's followed that up with 12 more transfers just for good luck for another oh, 44 point hit. That is insanity. That is uh, simply insanity, but uh, fair play. He's, he's had a good week this week, uh, as our Cameron. And uh, overall, next week, I think the plan for me, guys, is to uh, get rid of Luca Digne, who uh, has uh, just occupied the third spot on my bench for another game week. And I think I might be looking to bring in Kurt Zuma, actually, for that double Chelsea defence. Uh, they seem to be definitely picking up some uh, some clean sheets. I don't know, have you got any transfer plans for next week? Four added minutes. Oh, um, well... Yeah, sorry, I'll go. <laughs> um, sorry, I just, uh, just picked up a gifted sub on the channel. Um, so well, uh, that was probably going to come through on the audio nice and clear. Uh, no copyright <laughs> intended there on the Gerard celebration. Um, but thank you for the uh, gifted sub to Minted there from Simply Spud. Um, sorry, Charlie, transfer plans. Um, yeah, I, I did actually look at... I was looking at the Chelsea double-up as well. I think the way they've done defensively, it's it's definitely worth an option. But I'm, I think I'm for now, I'm happy sticking with Chilwell. I do want to say that I was considering getting Lamptey before. It's it's not a hindsight pick. I, I was already thinking about getting him in for Trent uh, before he scored the goal tonight. So I, I think that's probably going to be my transfer. Cause Free, I just up a lot of money as well. Exactly. And I just I did kind of pick out the Liverpool-Man City game as, as an ideal game to get Trent out. Um, hopefully not backfiring too much likelihood on that one. Um, so I'd expect that to be my transfer at the moment and maybe a cheeky minus four if I'm, I'm wanting to use that money straight away. Okay. Uh, Hills, transfer plans, talk to me. Uh, I think at some point Rashford's going to have to go. You know, he might score a goal here and then, but I don't know why I put him in the first place if I'm being completely honest. Um <laughs> There might be, a again, a, a minus four, maybe see Zaha out and spend some of that money, but that can probably just wait for another week. But I, I think Rashford's the priority with, with having so much held up in him as well. Okay, decent. Uh, I was uh, starting to regret that I've flipping a coin over Barkley and Grealish. Um, I ended up on the Barkley side of the coin because he was so much cheaper, but maybe we should have uh, gone for the Grealish. But Liverpool playing City next week, definitely some opportunity for some... Uh, some changes in and around the 11. Um, I might even look to go for a five at the back next week for the first time uh, this season if uh, I don't fancy Villa to do too much at Arsenal. So we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Um, but overall, good to see that we're all uh, we're all keeping going with the Premier League. I appreciate that. Right, time for a time for a short game here on the uh, on the FPL RTG. Now, Mr. Hills, last time you were on, we had you playing bigger or smaller. Uh, bigger or smaller has uh, actually gone uh, under VAR for a number of weeks now, and has uh, <laughs> we have decided to remove bigger or smaller from the um, from the from the repertoire, if you like, because it's uh, <laughs> it's been causing some uh, some controversy. I've had a couple of DMs outside. I genuinely have had two DMs outside of the podcast from people, one of whom I've never heard of, um, asking me where I get my facts from for the bigger or smaller section of the podcast. Um, wow. because uh, 
you know that's uh, that's an interesting uh, interesting one. I just had to try and find them. So that, that 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 feature unfortunately has gone, and we're moving back on now. And I don't mind the replacement feature we've got in um, with Know Your Club, um, which is uh, a feature we tested last week with Pritchard, and uh, the feature worked, but it seemed to. Um, but Pritchard didn't. Pritchard didn't. That, that's, that, that's very appropriate. That's, that's spot on, actually, mate. Um, Pritchard, uh, Pritchard didn't work. Uh, he seemed to uh, forget quite how many goals Robbie Fowler scored for Liverpool. But uh, anyway, it's, uh, it, is, it is what it is. Um, and this week, Hills, since you're our, our guest, uh, we are moving into your, uh, your area of expertise, the Foxes, uh, yeah. Leicester City. And I'm going to test your knowledge of uh, Premier League appearances for Leicester players. And I simply need you to tell me whether or not uh, we've got another gifted sub coming in here. Or a sub on the, uh, on the Twitch channel live while recording from Ryan Mumphy 12. Thank you very much for, uh, for the sub there. I will definitely give you a proper thank you for that after the pod has finished uh, recording. Um, so I'm going to give you the name of a Leicester player to start off with. And I'm going to tell you how many appearances they made for Leicester. I'm then going to give you the name of another Leicester player, and I need you to tell me whether or not they made more or less appearances than the previous player. Uh, I will let you know how many appearances that player made after I've given you their name and after we've established whether you got it correct, so that you can make your judgment on the next player. I hope that makes okay. sense. Okay. We'll, we'll run through. If you get stuck, well, not if you get stuck with the answers, but uh, you are playing. <laughs> uh, you are playing to earn a gifted sub to the chat. Someone who is watching today live will receive a gifted sub if you can correctly identify whether there have been more or less appearances made by five players for Leicester in their history in the Premier League. A lot of them are taken wow. from okay. more recent history, um, but that is uh, that is the way it is. So, first things first, uh, we're going to go for uh, Wilfred Ndidi. Uh, is your is your base player. He's made 122 okay. appearances for Leicester in the Premier League. And uh, I need you to tell me whether or not uh, Mr. Jamie Vardy has made more or less appearances than Wilfred and Didi. I mean, I've got to say more. I can't, can't think why it wouldn't be. Yeah, for more, yeah. It's got to be. That is correct. Well done. <laughs> that is correct. 216 uh, appearances for Jamie. Uh, Charlie, sorry, do you want to jump in? Oh no! I just said good work. That's that's all. Good work. <laughs> yeah, been I've, 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 I've been I've have been starved of gifted subs for a while, so uh, you know this is uh, this Pressure's is on, on you. This is on you. Um, so we got two hundred and sixteen uh, Premier League appearances there for Jamie Vardy. Uh, the next one is Casper uh, Schmeichel. I need to know how many oh. appearances Casper has made for Leicester. Oh. I mean, I think he's been, he's played in, the problem is, I think in about Premier League appearances, he's played for us for so long. Yeah. He played for us in the Championship as well. Um, oh, that's a tough one. Well, I mean, um, we, only, we only need Premier League appearances yeah, yeah. here, so, so don't, no, don't get confused by, uh, no, no, no. by, the, by oh. the Championship. No, well, I'm trying to take that out because I was trying to kind of consider whether how long he'd been at the club, but then forget that we'd spent some time down there. I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for less. I think I'm gonna regret it. So Vardy had two sixteen. You're going for less with Schmeichel. 
Yes. Yes. I'm going to go for less. That's correct. Oh. That's correct. Straight up there with the banana skin. Casper uh, yeah. Michael had 215 appearances oh. for Leicester. So one less oh. than uh, one less than Mr. Vardy. Um, Trying so, to yeah. challenge me there. This is what it is. Well done. Congratulations. <laughs> that one right, right uh, the next one is uh, Christian Fuchs. Uh, are we talking more or less uh, appearances than Casper? Uh, um... But, 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 but I'm going to put this out there and go with less than Casper. That is correct. Well done. 109 for Fuchs. And uh, some breaking news from uh, the London Stadium. Uh, Gareth Bale has just uh, scored for Spurs. Um, indications that it is uh, quite an incredible, uh, incredible goal. So Not long after being subbed on as well, apparently. Indeed, indeed. One to uh, maybe look out for on various highlights. Uh, platforms um, later on in the evening i mean that's better than the last time he got subbed on i suppose <laughs> oh, yeah yeah that is true um back to uh back to the know your club um so fuchs had 109 appearances uh the next one's a tricky one okazaki uh more or less uh, appearances in the premier league for leicester than 109 i mean he was never a regular starter Fuchs was... He did, love, he did love a bench appearance, didn't he? Didn't he? He did. He did. Um... Nine games. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you know, Hills could take it. I, I, need to, uh, I needed to just be a bit more... Just remind me um... how many... Just remind me how many Fuchs had. Yeah, 109 for Fuchs. Uh, I mean, Fuchs more recently hasn't played, but then Okazaki was there for quite a while. Uh, this, I mean, this is a complete guess. I'm going to go with with more. Just, I, I, I'm going to regret it, but I think it's more. That is correct. Oh. That is correct. <laughs> this makes me sick in the mouth. These guesses, <laughs> these guesses coming out of nowhere. This makes me sick in the mouth. Um, um, right, f- final uh, final one here then, mate. Um, so you had your, Kizaki, your final player. I need more or less appearances for Danny Drinkwater. Just for Leicester, uh, although he's not really played for Chelsea regardless anyway, has he? Um, What are we saying? Again, I'm going to go, I'm just, I'm just going to go less. I'm just going to go less. I don't care. I'm just going to go less. You're going to go less. I'm just going to go less. Yep. Yep. Congratulations. You have been selected to receive the 5 out of 5, boys. The what? Yes. Cash prize money. Cash prize money is coming the way of the chat. Uh, Mr. Hills, congratulations. Oh, you that was won, tougher uh, than I thought it was going to be. You have won a gifted subscription for the chat to be issued shortly after the conclusion of the podcast. So stick around if you want your chance of winning a, a gifted sub, courtesy of Mr. Hills. Uh, top man, that was that was tough. That was mm. tough. Yeah, it was. Um, I'll, um, I'll match that gifted. You'll match it, eh, top man. I'll match that gifted, yeah. Oh, an absolute fella. There you go, boys. So two gifted subs come in the way of, uh, of the Twitch chat over on twitch.tv slash footsambo at the end of the pod. If you want to hang around for those, do feel free to do so. Um, Vardy, the Vardy Schmeichel one was tough. The Fuchs to Okazaki yeah. one was tough. Um, there, there were, some, there were some, uh, some banana skins in there, definitely. Uh, well that's done. not me knowing my club. That's just 
I need to know, uh, Wilbur, I need to know what club uh, he supports for, for next week as well, so we can get that one going. Right, uh, on to uh, the predictions challenge um, before we before we sign off this evening. Um, we're just going to give you a quick update on how the uh, how the scores look after uh, after last week's predictions. They are incredibly close. I have had an absolute blinder of a day today. Charlie set off on fire this week with his predictions as well, and Pritchard is not too far behind. So as it stands, based on results, if the Spurs Brighton result was to remain two one to Spurs, Sambo would have fourteen points. Charlie would have 14 points and Pritchard would have 12 points. So it is all to play for with uh, Fulham, West Brom and Leeds, Leicester tomorrow. So uh, definitely uh, last week's uh, guest Pritchard in and amongst the fight. Uh, Sambo did win the week before actually with the uh, when Greg and uh, Charlie joined us. So that is, a, that is a point on the board for me in that one. Um, 11 points to 9 for both Charlie and Greg in that one. But uh, the Everton-Newcastle uh, prediction came in strong, called that one perfect, um, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Second week in a row, we've got the Everton loss spot on. Uh, and have we predicted another Everton loss this week? Well, let's find out. Uh, we're going to go into the predictions game, boys. I need um, you to give me your predictions for the next round of Premier League fixtures, game week eight, as they were listed on the Premier League website, starting with Brighton Burnley. And we're going to finish up with Arsenal against Aston Villa. One game in here. I am... Uh, one game in here. I am about to uh, predict live because I have no idea what I'm going to predict for it. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll work that one out when we get to it. Um, first up is Brighton against Burnley. Uh, and uh, I am going to predict a 1-0 home win in this game. Uh, at Burnley, in my, uh, in my opinion, relegation fodder this year. Sorry to any Burnley fans that are listening. Um, I think they are in trouble. Brighton exactly not blessed with goal-scoring machines. But they'll probably have enough to, uh, to get over the line here. So I've gone for a 1-0 home win. Uh, Charlie, what would you like to predict here? Uh, so I've gone 2-0 uh, to Brighton. Uh, I think similarly Burnley just look pretty much dead and, and gone at this point. Um, I'm, I'm sure they'll, uh, quite over the course of the season, try and fight for it. But at the moment, I just can't see where that, at least any goals are going to come from. Um, and Brighton, as, as we've been saying quite a lot, they keep putting in these quite good performances and never quite getting the results. But against this struggling Burnley side, I can, I can easily see them getting the win. OK. Uh, and Hills, what have you gone for? Same as Charlie, 2-0 Brighton. Can't really kind of add anything to that. It's uh, just goals again for Burnley, just going to struggle. OK. Uh, Charlie, Southampton against Newcastle at St Mary's. Yeah, so I've gone 2-1 Southampton. Um, actually, head-to-heads look quite bad for Southampton, but I, I think going on the current form, that they'll be fine. So Newcastle won four out of the last five between the two um, and, and Southampton haven't beaten them since 2016, but I expect that's changed now. I think the form Southampton are on at the moment, they've they've moved up into top four at the moment and the the way they're playing and, and the energy and, and particularly goal scorers up up top as well and Walprouse through the middle, they just seem to have so many different places that the goals can come from and defensively they're not completely solid which is why I still expect Newcastle to get a goal on um, on the break but yeah I, I think they've got enough in, in the team to, to win it Okay uh, Hills what are you saying? Um, I think Charlie's been copying my <laughs> predictions because uh, I 
I've gone two one as well. Um, I just, both teams are, are doing all right. I just think Southampton are, are on form and and they're at home, so that's it's why I've gone for a Southampton win. Well, you'll be surprised to know we have a full house, the first full house of the afternoon. I've also gone two one Southampton uh, for pretty much the reasons listed above. No further need to uh, to justify there. Um, the next uh, prediction is uh, an interesting one. Uh, Everton host Manchester United. And Hills, you're up first for this one. What have you gone for? Um, I've gone for Everton to beat Manchester United 2-1. I, I think although Everton are on the, off the back of a couple of losses, United are so poor and they're away from home. Um, I, just, I can see them getting a goal, but, but yeah, I, th- I think Everton will probably win 2-1. Okay. Uh, I uh, I am actually, you know, this is a difficult one for me because I, I uh, normally tend to predict misfortune for Man United and normally tend to hesitantly uh, predict, well, uh, I tend to predict Everton games reasonably well on, on the podcast for sure. Um, and I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to go for a 1-0 home win here. I think this could be the game where Ole faces the barrel of the gun. Uh, so I am. Uh, I'm going to go for a one-nil Everton win in this fixture, uh, Charlie. And right before an international break as well. So big, uh, quite quite common time for managers to go. Um, I, I've actually gone for a one-all. Um, yeah, my kind of logic. Well, it's it's a lot to do with the fact that both games last season were one-all. Um, but also, I, I just think. Uh, so D- Dina and um, Rodriguez should both be back. So that will obviously really help Everton. And to be honest, if either of the two teams are going to win, it's, uh, I would expect it to be Everton. But I just, yeah, I think both teams will, particularly Man United now, cannot lose this really. Um, so I, I just think that they, there won't be an, uh, very much in it. And yeah, one all just going in, in the middle of it. Uh, the next one's a bit of a, a feisty fixture. And I, I said that last week. I said it's every time Leeds are involved in a game because I just don't really know what to predict with with, uh, with Leeds and how they're going. Palace tend to go quite well at home. So it is Crystal Palace against Leeds. Uh, I have forecasted a one-all draw for this fixture because uh, I just don't really know if there's too much about them to separate these guys at the moment. Um, Palace, as I say, tend to go reasonably well at home. Leeds, if, if this was Leeds at home, I'd probably just edge towards Leeds. I don't know whether Palace have got enough to get over the line fully against Leeds, but I think they can uh, get a goal. As a result, I've gone for a one-all draw. Uh, Charlie, what have you gone for? I've gone for a 2-1 Leeds win. I think that uh, well, so whenever Zaha's playing, I think it obviously depends on how what, what Zaha turns up and, and and if he turns up on form, it, they'll get a goal. I have no doubt about that, particularly the way that Leeds have, have looked and how attacking they are. That, that leaves lots of opportunities for shots the other way. Um, but I think, yeah, Bamford on the form he's on, I, I can at least see him scoring one, if not two. So, yeah, I think Leeds have got enough to, to win it. OK. Hills? Um, I've gone 1-0. I've gone um, I'll echo what, what you said before. Yeah, same same as you. Okay. Uh, Charlie, Chelsea, Sheffield United. How many? Gone 3-0 Chelsea. Uh, I, I can't see Sheffield United scoring. They've they've looked bad, as, we, as we've as we said. They've, they've actually... So, chances created, they're about mid-table, which isn't too bad. It's just the actual finisher to score it. They, uh, Greg, when Greg was on the other week, he mentioned about hoping Brewster would be that person, but... At the moment, it's, it's not looking like it. And and 
yeah, there's just not that person to finish it off. So I fancy on Chelsea's form, they've been keeping so many clean sheets recently. I, I can't see them conceding. And especially with all those attacking players going forward, I, I'm sure they'll get at least two. So gone for three, been uh, ambitious. Okay, Rob? Um, same again, I've gone 3-0 Chelsea for exactly the same reasons. I just can't, can't see Sheffield United scoring and Chelsea are playing too well. And uh, again, another full house for uh, for the panel today. Uh, I've also gone 3-0. I think Sheffield United joined Burnley uh, in, in the in-trouble category. Um, and Chelsea just starting to look like they're getting into a little bit of a rhythm, um, finding goal scorers, uh, finding Ziyech coming back and looking so sharp was, uh, was, a, was a big plus for them. I've gone 3-0 as well. So uh, some, some, uh, some similar predictions across the board so far. Uh, next uh, game is at the uh, no, this is the London Stadium. Is it? I've been saying Spurs is the London Stadium all night. It's the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, isn't it? My apologies. Um, West Ham host Fulham at the London Stadium. Um, so uh, Hills, you're up first for this one, mate. Yeah, so I've gone, I've gone two one to West Ham. Um, my biggest decision here was whether Fulham were going to get a Fulham were actually going to get a goal or not. Um, more than where the result was going to go. I mean, West Ham have scored the most out of the bottom 10 sides. So I just think that those goals, especially if Antonio is going to be back, he's probably going to see them through. Yeah. Uh, I said that Fulham weren't going to get a goal in my prediction. I've gone 2-0 West Ham. Uh, It might be that there's a a London derby feisty uh, edge to this game. But even if there is a feisty edge, I think West Ham come out on top every time. Fulham, if if Sheffield United are relegation fodder, then uh, Fulham are the uh, guaranteed relegation SBC because uh, I think uh, they are in big trouble. Um, and, uh, you know, that's that's my uh, my judgment of the situation there. So I've gone 2-0 West Ham. Uh, Charlie? I've gone the same, 2-0. I can't see Fulham scoring. And, I, yeah, I think Antonio will be back and he's a very high chance of coming into my, my fantasy team at some point very soon. Um. So, yeah, basically the same reasons, 2-0. Okay. Uh, then we move to uh, West Brom, who hosts uh, Spurs in you know another game for West Brom where they need some points. For me, I don't think they're going to get any, though. I've gone for a 2-0 Spurs win here. Um, I think uh, the Kane and Son duo, once again, probably just have a little bit too much quality in every position for, for West Brom, and I think they might struggle. So I've gone uh, 2-0 Spurs. Uh, Charlie, any, uh, any advance on 2-0? Well, at the risk of making it look like I'm not doing any work, I've gone the exact same, again, for the exact same reasons. Um, but yeah, I, I, West Brom just haven't really um, done anything to make you think that they, they can get a result or, or possibly even a goal. So yeah, 2 0 Spurs easily for me. Okay. Uh, Hills? Should we call that another full house? That is the third full house, boys. Three full houses. This is. Uh... There's going to be a close week because we've all got pretty near enough. It's such an unpredictable season. We've all gone for very oh, similar no, results. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, God, wouldn't that be uh, the sight if we managed to all call this right? Let's um, let's move over to uh, the next fixture, which Charlie, you're up first for. Uh, it's Hills's Leicester against Wolves in what looks like it could be quite a juicy game. Yeah, it's, it's a shame we don't get to see tomorrow's game against Leeds as a bit of a, yeah. a judgment. Yeah. Um, I've gone for the 2-1 Leicester win. Um, okay. interestingly both games 0-0 last season I thought that was a bit yeah. strange considering yeah. the kind of attacking players in both teams 
Um, and I think the problem with, with Wolves is just where all of the goals are going to come from. Jimenez is the only one to have more than one goal in, in the league, at least. So I think if it, either it has to be Jimenez scoring the goals or, or they don't really have a lot of other threat at the moment outside of um, the one-off um, from a few. But yeah, I, I just fancy Leicester with the quality to, to get the win. And uh, Hills, what have you gone for? You back your boys? I have two one again. I'm afraid. I think it's. I, I just I can't see us losing the game at home, but I, I do think it'll be close. I, I think it might just come down to that that last minute chance that 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 team that just takes that opportunity that they get and nothing more could quite easily turn it the other way and. And, and see it go the other way. It's just, I'm never going to knock back my own team. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, and on the basis that I think there might just be one moment for each team, I've gone 1 1, uh, maybe a slightly conservative uh, scorecast. But I think uh, Wolves are a very decent side this year. Leicester are a decent side. I think Leicester uh, overall have tended to have the lion's share of performance value away from home against bigger, bigger sides. But, you know, they are eventually going to start picking up results at home. Uh, but this is the kind of game throughout the season that I anticipate Leicester slip up at. And then they'll go and get big results against your Man United's, your Cities, your Arsenal's, that those kind of games. So it's um, and that's classic Brendan Rodgers. That if if uh, if you look back at his time at Liverpool and at his time at Swansea, he'd get the result against the big the big boy and then struggle against uh, the next group. So. I think it's going to be a one-all draw. I honestly, this was one I was very undecided about. I couldn't see which way this was really going to go, so I thought I'd just uh, sit firmly on the fence and go one-one. Uh, Hills, over to you for the big one: Manchester City uh, hosting Liverpool. What have you gone for here? I've gone for a one-all draw. Um, Pep historically it's known how to play these games and play them the way to grind out a result but with Liverpool being the in the the team who are top of the table and will go there with a bit more confidence I also just don't think they'll want to go there and lose and I just think both teams would probably settle for a one-all draw and that being enough really okay uh, I think I think a draw would be a good result for both teams, given how uh, up and down this season has been. Um, and this was the game I honestly had no idea which way I was going to call until uh, we started doing the predictions and then I put, uh, put a scoreline in. Uh, I think it will be a draw. There's always goals in this fixture. Liverpool got spanked by City last year um, at the Etihad after they'd already won the title. But I don't foresee this being anywhere near as uh, as much of a runaway for City. However, if we're judging City's recent performances, they haven't been great, although they struggled to break down a Sheffield United team that had 11 men behind the ball and playing a very different tactic. And I think they will get chances against Liverpool and some of those City forwards will be licking their, licks, uh, licking their lips sorry, at the opportunity um, of facing Nat Phillips and Joe Gomez at centre-half if, uh, if that is the chosen partnership. I think Liverpool can get a goal here as well. I'm going to go for a one-all draw as well, um, sitting a little bit on the fence. But I just think I fancy Liverpool to get a goal. fancy City to get one goal. My heart said Liverpool, my head said City, and the combination said get on the fence. So it's 1-1 uh, it's, it's one, one from me in this game. Uh, Charlie? So I've also gone a draw, but I've gone two-all. I, I think 
my, my kind of opinions at the moment have, have switched about the two teams. I've always thought of Liverpool's defence as being the better one and Man City's attack being the better. Mm-hmm. I think, obviously, the Van Dijk injuries is, is the huge loss. I, th- I think Phillips did actually very well, but yeah. the, the kind of key points, that, I, that he, or at least that I noticed, was him in the air, which obviously isn't really what Man City's thing is about. Yeah. So I, I think, yeah, both, both teams definitely have got so much firepower going forwards that there's plenty of opportunities. So I, I couldn't really call it... Either way, so I went for the draw, but I do think there'll be goals, so two all. Okay. And uh, final uh, final game of the week, Charlie, your uh, your boys, Arsenal, up against Villa. Uh, I've gone for a 2-1 home win in this fixture. I think Arsenal are probably going to have a little bit too much quality for Villa. Um, not really too much more to say. I think Arsenal will score more than one, and I think Villa might just only score one. So um, that landed me with a 2-1 prediction. Uh, Charlie? Let's take a guess at what mine was. I'm going to go for 2-1. <laughs> Was indeed. Nailed. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I, I, we've got a really good record against Aston Villa. They they look a lot better side this season, so I'm, I'm sure they can get a goal against us. We, we've been trying to be a lot better defensively, but I, I still think that they've got enough threat to to expose our defence. Um, but yeah, like you say, we, we've got good players going forward. We should be able to get at least two, I think. Um, particularly if you look at the fact that Southampton just put four past them. So I fancy, uh, yeah, fancy us for the win. Okay, Hills, finish us off. Do you want to take a bet on where I went? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I went 2-1 as well. Um, Villa had lost a couple of games. Arsenal are hardly on form, you know. They lost to Leicester last week, didn't they? Um, I needed to get that point across at some <laughs> point in this pod. Um, didn't, but, didn't see that I, game, I don't know. No, no, I had a feeling you might not. Um, but I, I fully expect that, that Arsenal are going to win that game. Could be by more. Okay. So in a week where we've got four full houses for the first time in the, wow. in the podcast history, uh, the podcast predictions are in, they are locked, they are sealed, and uh, we will see how we get on next week there. It looks like it's just finished in the Tottenham-Brighton game, uh, and uh, Tottenham have got three points there at home against Brighton. With a 2-1 victory. Um, Gareth Bale coming off the bench to get the winner in that fixture, it looks like, for Spurs. Um, right, guys, I think that's us all done for this week. Thank you very much for coming back on, Rob. I appreciate uh, the, the fact that you've given up your Sunday evening for us. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Charlie, no as far as you're concerned, same time next week, my man, I think is uh, is the call. Thank you for your time, as always. <laughs> And uh, I think we're going to try and get Wilbur on next week if he's about. So we'll uh, we'll have a chat with him after the pod has concluded and go from there, really. Um, we have got two gifted subs to give away uh, to the t- uh, channel, the Twitch chat, who are watching live the recording of this podcast over on twitch.tv slash footsambo. Um, I'll put the link to that. If you want to watch next week's episode being recorded live, head over there um, and uh, check that one out. Um, guys, just remind us where we can find you outside of the pod, Charlie. Yep, so it's chmarsh26 on Twitter and same on Twitch. Okay, and uh, Hills? And at the Hills Nature on Twitter for me. Perfect. Right, guys, thank you very much for your time this evening. That brings to an end another episode of the FPL RTG. We are rolling firmly along with the podcast now. So thank you for your support so far. And uh, I look forward to seeing you all next week for the next episode of the FPL RTG. Stay safe, look after yourselves, and take care. <laughs>